Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Captain America, the 1979 TV movie. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. This film, along with the sequel, had a recent re-release here in Australia. I had never seen it before, and I had a feeling that you hadn't either. So I thought it'd be a good idea to get together so we could talk about this movie that, again, first came out in 79, but we're both watching it new. Well, it's new to us. We'll get into it. I'm very curious. I I didn't know what to expect with this, but I'll say this now. It is so much better than I ever thought it was going to be because this was the Captain America on a motorbike movie. Yeah, I thought it was so bad. It was good. I thought it was like, it felt like a 70s porno. Like, that's the kind of vibe I got from it. Just <laughs> Maybe yeah, just, 70s porno. Well, maybe the music. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, the music and just like the dodgy acting and stuff like that. Uh, it just it felt like that. Uh, it had that kind of camp vibe to it, and um, it just made me laugh a lot. You know, with the music, which I've got to be honest, it won me over. It It is a little bit camp, but this, mm. again, like it's 70s, so you can't view it as like it's not a modern score, like a modern, a modern film. Well, there are two composers, Pete Carpenter and Mike Post. Mike Post might be familiar. He's the guy that composed... The 18 thing. Hey, there you go. There's a lot of connections. Well, I get it did come out in 79, so there's a lot of connections to to that decade. And I mentioned it did get a sequel, Captain America 2, Death Too Soon, also released in the same year. So these are feature length, but both films were made for TV. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, there were things about it that just made me laugh, but then you kind of realize that they're working with what they had back then in the day. They didn't have the kind of technology that they that, that's around, been around in recent years for the MCU's take on Cap. If you look at Steve Rogers in that movie, he's already fully buff and fully jacked, like before he even gets the, the, the soldier serum. Like, and whereas Chris Evans' Cap, they use CGI to make him look very gaunt and thin. So that when he does get the serum, he looks the way he does, you know, normally really ridiculously buff. That's it. They had another actor, the Chris Evans head mm. on, on the skinny body. And it worked well yeah. for that movie. But you're right. In this film, Red Brown, Steve Rogers, he's a big guy <laughs> like before yeah. the serum, after, after the serum. But we did get another Captain America film in between these two films and Chris Evans. The mm-hmm. Matt Salinger Captain America movie that came out in 1990, which is one that I'd like to get to at some point. In that film, though, it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm pretty sure the Red Skull is Italian. So anyway, or maybe he's just he's hiding out in Italy. There's something going on there. The anyway, Red that's... Skull is... I'm sorry, say that again. The Red Skull is Italian? Yes. I don't know <laughs> if he's hiding out in Italy. And I, anyway, that's it's been a while since I've seen that that film. But this one, though, although it was short-lived, 
He'd influenced the comic books, such as his choice of personal vehicles and establishing Steve Rogers as a talented and educated artist in penciling illustration. So that's what threw me in this. Like, oh, Captain America is an artist. So we're getting different different things, although he does still have the shield. He throws the shield. It looks plastic, yeah. but that's okay. It comes back. That's what's important. And he's got a helmet. He's wearing a freaking helmet. He does, yeah. Like, since when does Captain America <laughs> wear a helmet? You know, that, that just made me crack up laughing. And the costume is different. It is mm. a different costume for the most part, although in the final act, Rogers decides to become the same Captain America as his father had been, donning a uniform identical to the one that his father had worn, and that is the classic Captain America uniform, which you do get mm. in, in the second film. But in this mm. one, it's a different one. But It's almost like it's a prototype. You know, just on that, on his dad. So the whole thing, like his dad was in the military before him. He was, it, he used the serum on himself. So this is not Steve Rogers. So this is a different approach to the origin. So his dad mm. was in the military. He perfected this formula, a super soldier serum. It was called FLAG. I can't remember what it stood for, but it's an acronym. And because he is his son, the serum was also work on Steve Rogers. And that's why they wanted him to take the serum and to become the new Captain America. Yeah. It just felt like it took so long uh, in this movie to see him in the suit. It just like everything at the start of it, like it just that whole thing to establish it. It just feels like it dragged on and on until we finally got to the point where he's Cap, you know? Well, it feels like a TV pilot. It's a TV movie. Same year they did a second movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, can you remember in the 70s, the Nicholas Hammond live action Spider Man TV show? It was. A TV Vaguely, series. Like, I know was, of it. Yeah, well, it was released as a series in the US, but I remember in the UK, they released them on VHS as TV movies. So you got the pilot, and then you had one where he went overseas, something of the dragon. But it was that time, wasn't it? Like The Incredible Hulk. Mm. If you look on Netflix, Different, yeah. they've released the, not the pilot, but they've released mm. it in the film section. On Netflix, where you know, it's, I think it was different back then. You had the, you know, further into the run of the Incredible Hulk, they did those like TV movies, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, Daredevil was in it. They had the one with Thor. Anyway, it was it was a different everything, time. but everything was more was like like you were saying, everything was more analog back then. Uh, actors just literally worked with the body type they had um and the you know they were painted up like in the case of the hulk or you know they were just given like a suit you know to wear with like props like in the case of cap stuff like that it was just they were working with what they had back then it wasn't anything like what we've been treated to in the last 20 years or so but to put it in perspective though a year before this movie we saw christopher reeve fly in superman the yeah. movie so, which was so pretty, the, which looked yeah. pretty good for its time. I think it looks pretty good for now. I think that movie just holds up. It looks fantastic, but that was a theatrical experience. This was always mm -hmm. intended for to TV. Be on, yeah, intended to be on TV. I mean, the director yeah. Rod Holcomb. I've had a look at what else he's done. All TV. <laughs> he is a TV yeah. director. Is best known for directing the pilot and finale of ER. 
that show was a juggernaut. That's a massive deal. He is directed. Right. He's directed episodes of numerous TV series, including the Six Million Dollar Man, Battlestar Galactica, Fancy Island, The A Team, Lost, The Equalizer, The Greatest American Hero, Hill Street Blues, The West Wing, Numbers. The list just goes wow. on and on. So this guy is a TV veteran. TV, TV veteran, absolutely. We need to wow. talk about. Let's talk about Red Brown as <laughs> Steve Rogers, Captain America. All I'd really seen is him as Captain America, like images of him on the bike and the helmet. Mm. And I didn't know this guy. I didn't realize he was this big, muscular guy. I guess just because yeah. he was on the bike, the big helmet. I mean, the bike helmet's huge. It made yeah. him, maybe the size of the helmet made him look smaller. I didn't realize until watching this that Red Brown is an ex-American football player. And, you know, he did this and he's done various other things, but it was this big guy. So yeah, his physique is, 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 is like, is nuts. It's like ridiculous. And so he, he does look like, like Steve after the serum, but we get him before I mean. the serum as well. But yeah, yeah no, he's, Which, he's and it's, it's, it's just such a visual incongruency. Like you can't not, if, you, if you've read the comics and you're familiar with the character, um, and clearly we all are, you know, thanks to the MCU, but if you look at him and you, and you just go, that's not how he's supposed to look pre-serum, you know? But And, and the fans would know that, but the, the casual observer is not going to make that distinction. Well, they've just cast Captain America, haven't they? And that's, that's mm. the approach that I've had. So, the, mm. you know... As we but said, again, this is the, Yeah, but, but the approach to the, the character... See, you're right, it does take a while until you get him in the suit. So you start in this burn. movie, you've got Rogers now making a living as an artist and travelling the countryside in a van. <laughs> yeah, like, at the start. Oh, it's so different. And inspired by his father's story, he sketches a superhero, which, you know, Captain America. He is mm. critically injured from an attempt on his life that is set up to seem like an accident, and that leads to him yeah. actually taking the serum. Oh, actually, I mentioned FLAG, the formula before. I've got the acronym written down here. It stands for Full Latent Ability Gain. <laughs> yeah, That's FLAG. What, that's what flag stands wonder, for. And they mentioned as oh, well yeah. numerous times, it's a super steroid, which, you know, yeah, it, it was a different time in the 70s. It was. It was. But the interesting thing to note is that opening scene you just described with the where he's in the van and he's traveling along and there's an attempt on his life and they put grease or tar or something all over the road and um, makes the van swerve and, and causes a big accident that nearly, that nearly injures him. That whole premise, that whole setup, the way it's filmed, the way it looks and everything kind of reminded me, or it, it had parallels to, I don't know if you remember, there was a movie in the seventies called Jewel, D-U-E-L. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And it was about this guy who was tailgating another guy the whole way down the freeway. And it was this really eerie atmospheric kind of thriller, psycho thriller about like some guy, like, you know, basically driving after another guy and just, and just basically menacing him on the road. Has that kind of feel to it a little bit, just because of seventies filmmaking was very, was very stark and bold and haunting and they used a lot of moody tension and a lot of like moody shots and eerie music and shit like that. Yeah. That's what's interesting of... with, uh, with that, I mean, yes, yeah, so Jewel came out in 71 and was directed mm. by Steven Spielberg. He did that before we did Jaws. Yeah. But you're right. That... It, it does. It does have that feel. And you yeah, know, it has that, that like parallel. A team as well. 
the kind mm. of stunts that you would get. Like there's a, there's always a very long, elaborate setup. That's what yeah. they did back then. That is. And it was the setup, the premise is so elaborate, like we say. Like it's it's a very slow burn to get Steve in the suit. Um which can be annoying, you know, if you're the viewer. You, but it is what it, it's the seventies, and I guess it was long form storytelling, and they took their damn time. On the back of Superman the movie, and being able to watch this on TV at home, comic book, I reckon it would have been thrilling, like at the time. And for us mm-hmm. now, it's novel, and and I'm definitely yeah. glad that I watched it. But back then, it must have been great. Just sat at home watching this. With the casting, so Rob Brown, he was the only choice to play Captain America, being mm. a perfect fit for the comic book criteria. He was also a martial artist, and he just happened wow. to be under contract by Universal Studios, and they made this movie. So I guess there you go. he had the look. Well, he was already under contract. They got him, got him for this. All together, yeah, meant to be. And the production cost on this movie was about $1 million, which you know was a lot back then Mm. but when they did the sequel which came out in the same year that cost nearly three million dollars so three times the amount i've not seen that one yet i was purposely holding off watching the sequel which has christopher lee as the villain holding off on that one before we got to talk about this one interesting though that they filmed the sequel in the same year They, they were that confident in it that they did two movies in in the same year but again, that's why it just feels like TV. It's like the same as a TV mm. movie, but it's almost so, like it's they've done a pilot, and I don't know. It, it's it not, just it feels like TV. It doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah, you're right, and it's not like these days where a studio wants has a wait and see approach. They want to see how their product's going to do, and test the waters with uh, you know the market with it. See how how much bank it'll make back before they greenlight or commit to a sequel. According to Red Brown at Comic Con, the studio were planning two crossover movies. Captain America and Spider-Man, the Nicholas Hammond version, uh, from the cool. amazing, yeah, from the amazing Spider-Man in 1977. The second was Captain America and Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby from Incredible Hulk in '78. But unfortunately, neither hey. of these ever materialized. But again, like Hulk, they did crossovers, or they had Daredevil, Thor appear. But that that could have been interesting. And also in the 70s, they made that. Doctor Strange TV movie as well. I've never seen that one. That would be cool. But it's like Marvel before Marvel. Like, you know, they were off doing their yeah. own thing in the 70s and modern audiences maybe maybe haven't haven't seen them. But I mean, yeah. As cheesy as cheesy as it probably is to look back on it now, can you imagine how cool it would be to have someone like Roy Thomas, who was like a 70s big time writer? scripting or writing dialogue for these kinds of 70s flicks and they're having like a doctor strange movie come out and it's like roy thomas's um dialogue or his 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 you know story um you know and it would be visually inspired by 70s artists like frank bronner and stuff like that you know it would be it would be amazing yeah it would be cool and i've seen online like fan art where they put these characters together like the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man, Lou Ferrigno Hulk, Red Brown, Captain America, and they look cool together. I mean, they do it for, like, there's fan art for DC and even, like, official art by mm. Alex Ross where he's yeah. he's had art pieces where it's Michael Keaton Batman, Linda Carter Wonder Woman, Chris, Chris Reed Superman. Superman. But the then, Temple. Yeah. 
No, not even the Great Temples, like just like back in oh, the right. day. Like if they would have wow. done it back then, you know, 80s, right. 90s, if they would have cast them. Oh, and they also inc- included John Wesley's ship, The Flash. And those four hey, were like, together. And then there was a TV piece that he did, George Reeves, Superman, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, Adam West, Batman. So you can see some Alex Ross official art for those DC characters. But then you can find artwork that people have done for the TV movie Marvel characters. But these 70s actors say that the studios were hiring to play these characters, they would have been, for all intents and purposes, the 70s Avengers. You know, Ferrigno, the guy who played Cap, uh, Hammond as Spider-Man, they would have been ostensibly what you would call the 70s Avengers. Absolutely. I like how we're literally reviewing the Red Brown Captain America film and you just said the guy who played Cap when you were just yeah. casting the Avengers. The name escapes me. <laughs> We're reviewing his movie. It's his moment. Yeah. <laughs> At least to remember his name. But um, but okay, I think we're there. We're starting to talk about different things. Um, if you're going to review this movie, Captain America from 1979 out of five, what would you give it? Uh look, it's pretty hammy. <laughs> um, I probably I'm I want to come in at around about two and a half to three, keeping in mind that three is a recommend. I, I think three is probably fair, it's a recommend. Um just because if, if nothing else, then no other reason than it's just good old-fashioned, ham-fisted, cheesy fun. It's just 70s schlocky filmmaking. Uh, we were just having a good old laugh at it when we were watching it. And um, yeah, it's that's probably the value for uh, the for it for me, just the fact that it's just a, a good campy kind of laugh. I mean, obviously, you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's not what we what we know now, but... For what it was back then, I'm sure, like you say, I'm sure it was awesome for its day. But looking back at it now, you can you can kind of see like the kind of uh, slapstick or hammy kind of ham-fisted value of it. So yeah, three for me. It's a recommend. It's a good time. Yeah, I agree completely. It's an easy three for me. I would absolutely recommend this, and I have been recommending it to people and people that you know like us enjoy all this stuff. You know, comic book based mm. TV film, but just haven't seen it. And when I bought it on DVD, it was just for the novelty. I'd never seen it. I thought oh, that that could be fun. I liked the artwork as well, if I'm honest, like on the on the front cover. And I was pleasantly surprised. So I was just watching it for entertainment. And then as soon as it finished, I'm like, do you know what? I'd actually like to do an episode on it and actually review it, talk about it. It is it is a good time. Definitely interested yeah. in watching the sequel, where for the duration he will wear the comic accurate costume he gets at the end of this first movie. And again, having Christopher Lee as the big bad in that sequel, so things he is, there's things to look forward to in that next movie. But this one, Absolutely. it is, it is a good time. And it's also making me think that it would be good to get to the Nicholas Hammond, Spider-Man, Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk, Dr. Strange. I'm sure there's a copy out there somewhere. I'm sure it's had a home release over the years. But um, yeah, so there we go. But that's it for our episode all about Captain America. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.